Hello and welcome to a Thursday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Danziel. Chris, Biggie's play is here a little earlier than we're used to, but such is life in the COVID times. Big game tomorrow against the Georgetown Hoyas. They could be whatever the record wants to be, undefeated, defeated, 500, slightly above, slightly below. Whatever the deal is, it's always a fun time when, whenever you get to play your historic blood rival. And we're going to get to do that tomorrow night. I also want to talk about some scheduling problems that we're, we're possibly going to run into a little bit later. But Chris, conference play. Finally here. Mm-hmm. It's back. Something nice about getting to beat up or getting to face off against your <laughs> conference foes. A little Freudian slip there, Eugene. Beat up on them. Let's not take anything for granted. You never know. But COVID it's is great. still undefeated. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's great to have uh, the Fox Sports One little label right next to the schedule on ESPN. It's it's good to see everything back in order, at least somewhat. Hopefully, this game does happen on Friday. Assuming it all uh, everything goes according to plan, you know Georgetown. How do you not get hyped for it? I, I told my dad about it. Who's been a little bit in the dark about the season? And he's even—he's all fired up. He's demanding everyone be on the couch at five o'clock on Friday. <laughs> you know, get, get off of work early if you can. It's that type of game, that type of billing for for anyone really. But you know, especially for the ones that were there in '85, just doesn't get any better. So good to see that we're back to normal a little bit, and hopefully it keeps that way. Yeah, I've noticed that the alum or anyone with any Villanova ties that's around our parents' age, they definitely feel some type of way whenever Georgetown is on the schedule or. When Whenever, you know, it's Villanova, Georgetown, they're about to set foot on the court. They always get up for it. Doesn't matter what, what the situation is. And how do you not? We all, we all know the stories by now. It's, it's a good rivalry, although it hasn't been that much of a rivalry. But last year, there were a couple of close games. They, well, they, they gave they, a scare. They gave a scare. They gave us a scare. They gave, gave us a scare. scare. And especially in the second game. The first game was a little closer than we all thought, at least in the first half. But, you know, maybe uh, I, I, I know – what Georgetown's going through, but you never, you just never know. Yeah, right now the Hoyas didn't get too much preseason love. As we discussed in our preview show, they were predicted to finish last in the Big East. And, yeah, that's not a mistake, not a typo, not a, not a slip up there. They actually predicted Georgetown to finish last below DePaul, which I want to say is probably the first time that's happened <laughs> since the new Big East. Yeah, the first time – you know, forever, it seems like. And even if, like, DePaul was, like, ninth at some point because, like, I don't know, remember St. John's was, like, pretty bad for a while there. But even then, it was just – just to see Georgetown there, it's just really weird to look at. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't feel right. But no. when you put together, when you look at what they lost last year, all the different people transferring out, finding greener pastures elsewhere, some off-the-court trouble, some recruiting problems – it makes sense why they're there. It makes sense. It does. It does. But they still got they still got some solid players that are definitely going to make sure that Georgetown does not finish in the bottom. At least I don't think they will. I mean, they've been they had an all right start to the year, two and two. They gave West Virginia a game, who was number eleven at the time. Uh, they just beat up on Coppin State pretty well. Now, granted, they did lose to Navy, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but you know it's. It's they played competitive against a really great team and they beat up on a bad team. So their last two games seem to be, you know, at least improving in that regard. And they were going to play UConn this coming weekend, but now that's canceled. So 
they only got four games under their belt while Villanova has the, the five that we all know about. Yeah, and then they did manage to put together a, a last-second game against St. John's on Sunday to fill in that gap from the UConn game. Uh, that's right, that's right. But at the same time, you already know they don't really need an introduction for Villanova. They're going to come in, at least try to go in guns blazing. And so far this team, you know, you look at it, a couple of the guys that we highlighted in our preview show, so far they seem to be fitting the bill. You look at a guy like Javon Blair, Jamarco Pickett, they were guys coming in who were supposed to be great, played a lot, got reduced to a bench role over the last couple of years, but with everyone gone, it's their time to shine again. And so far they've been doing a pretty decent job of leading the team. Javon Blair is averaging over 20 points per game. Jamarco Pickett, He's averaging a double-double early on with 14 points, 10 boards. And then Cutis Wahab, this was a guy who played well behind Omar Yurtsevin last year, showed flashes as a freshman, big man inside, down low, just kind of your traditional get-to-work-in-the-paint bruiser. He's having a solid start so far as well with 11 points and 8 boards per game. Outside of that, just a couple guys can chip in some points here and there, and Donald Carey, Jalen Harris, TJ Berger. But those three are going to be the main three to watch out for, for sure. Definitely. And Pickett scares me probably the most. I mean, especially after that game last year at Georgetown, he went 7-9 from the field, 4-5 from deep. He dropped 20 points on the Cats. It was a, a pretty Herculean performance considering that he played all 40 minutes. And so did uh, Javon Blair in that game as well. Although he did not have the greatest of games from the field. They both played the entire game. Um, and Way had had two really good games against Villanova off the bench in the first one in 15, 15 minutes, he had 13 points. And then in the second game, he had nine points and he was grabbing boards left and right uh, with uh, four and eight in the respective games. So they're those big, th- that's, I don't know if the, you want to say the big three, but those three guys right there are going to be problematic for sure. Yeah. And so far this team, their identity seems to be more on the defensive side, which not too surprised given you know, Patrick Ewing tries to make them scrappy, try to make them tough, gritty. Chris is the least favorite word in the dictionary. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, fun. Fun. <laughs> so far, they've been holding teams to shooting just under 28% from long range, which is pretty good. They're a great rebounding team, which, as you can expect with Pickett and Wahab inside. Offensively, they've struggled a little bit, especially in the turnover department. They've been actually coughing the ball up in almost 25% of their possessions this season, which is not good. One in four times they have the ball, they're going to lose it. So that, <laughs> that could be something for Villanova to exploit there. That seems abnormally high. It's very – yeah, that's very high. Very high. Yeah. Especially when you're looking, you know, who they played so far, UMBC, Navy, Coppin State. And it's like, yeah, you have Press Virginia, but you shouldn't be coughing the ball up that much. <laughs> yeah, that's absurd. That's – that's yeah, that, that is way too high. This is a fast-paced team, though, Chris. So, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they just need to slow it down a little bit, which will play into Villanova's favor. Yeah, that would be nice. If uh, Villanova yeah, – obviously, if Villanova gets to play their game, uh, Georgetown doesn't really have much of a chance. Uh, according to Ken Palm, to your point, Eugene, uh, they are 44th in the nation in adjusted tempo. So, pretty fast out of 300-something, 50-something teams. And then overall, Ken Palm has them at 96, which puts them in the same range as – Murray State, Boise State, and Pepperdine, and those teams, you know, very average, below average, uh, even below DePaul. DePaul's at 82, just to give you some Big East reference. And then, yeah, defensively, they are more on the defensive side. Ken Palm-wise, they're 88th in the country. Offensively, they're 110. So definitely 
definitely going to, if Georgia has any chance, they're going to have to lock down on the defensive side and to just give themselves a shot. Yeah, it's going to have to be like that rematch last year where they gave Villanova a scare, where they just kind of mucked it up a little bit. Nova wasn't exactly hitting too much early on. Fortunately, we got some clutch heroics from Sadiq Bey and Jermaine Samuels with the and one at the end there to give Nova the win. But that's just the thing with the Hoyas. No matter how good or bad they seem, they're going to definitely try to give Villanova a game. And, and I know, Chris, we were both shocked with how they came out in that end-of-season meeting last year after Nova had beaten them up pretty comfortably in the first meeting behind amazing three-point shooting performance from Sadiq Bey earlier in the year. Yeah, in the first game, Sadiq dropped 33, and that was pretty much all you really needed. With a type of performance like that, everything else will fall into place. But yeah, Georgetown came out, guns blazing in that last one. Uh, Villanova, you know, took a nine-point lead in the halftime. But then I remember Georgetown just coming out like, they're like, yeah, we're, this is end of the regular season. We don't care. And the sad thing is, or at least I don't know if it's sad, but like the good thing is, the, is that that was the last Villanova basketball game we watched until Villanova played Boston College. That's how, that's oh, how wow. long ago that was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, right, because they never got to play in the postseason. Never got to play in any form of postseason. Yeah, that's right. So even though that game feels like three years ago, it was just this past March, but that was the last Villanova game we saw before the BC game. So I was glad Villanova – looking back on it, it's glad we're glad that Villanova won that. You can at least you know, say you, you won your last game in the season. <laughs> Yeah, would have loved to give Sadiq Bay or like Tim Saunders a proper send off with a nice postseason run or a you know Big East tournament championship or a nice run through the Big Dance, but didn't get that. However, it is always nice to beat your rivals. That's always a good feeling. For sure. So, Chris, according to Ken Palm, he has Villanova at an eighty-two percent favorite to win, predicting a ten-point margin of victory. Do you agree with Sir Pomeroy, or how do you see this game going? Yeah, I, I think Villanova takes this one pretty comfortably. I, I believe Colin's going to find his his groove in this game. He had a he had a pretty good first game against Georgetown last year. Second game, not so much. But I'm expecting him to come out and really deliver. You know, after you know struggling a little bit against Texas, I think he's going to want to come out first game of the Big East, first game of Big East play, and he's just going to let loose and find his shooting stroke that we've. It's kind of been missing for a little bit. So I think Villanova wins this seven to eight points, and that's only because Georgetown hits a garbage time bucket to cut it <laughs> under double digits. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think Villanova wins this. And, yeah, it is on the – we should mention it is on the road, but, like, obviously no fans. So. Yeah, I think Villanova should win this one. I do agree with Ken Pomeroy here. I, I think that Villanova should win this one fairly comfortably. I, I can see a nice double-digit win. I'm going to highlight JRE. I think he gives Wahab and Pickett. He shows him how it's really done in the front court. And so I think he'll continue his great start to the year and give Villanova its first Big East win. 1-0 to start the conference play. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. And more importantly, that would be Villanova's sixth game. And as we know, lucky number 13 to be postseason eligible. That's the main right. goal until <laughs> – you know, once you hit 13, then it's like, all right, now we can start focusing on picking up some more dubs. All right, so almost halfway there. and You know, a lot of stuff going around now with, uh, with the Big Ten, with Ohio State not being able to play enough games. So that's, that's pretty uh, apropos that we're talking about that. Yeah, and as we've seen already twice this year, 
Villanova getting hit with some scheduling changes, some musical chairs. We saw Hartford and Virginia Tech get added in late because Temple and St. Joe's had tested positive. Villanova DePaul on Monday just got officially postponed. The school announced it officially on Tuesday afternoon. And in addition to that, this Villanova-Georgetown game is getting pushed back from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern time. So got a little time, got a little time to settle in there. Oh, great. Now I don't have to rush back home from work to be on the couch for 5 o'clock as my dad is demanding. It's good. Yeah, yeah, you should let him know. You should let him know. Bring bring home a pizza or something. (laughs) I will. I will. He'll he'll probably be on the the couch anyway at 5 and just being like, all right, why is this game not on? And I'll have to perform it. But that's okay. (laughs) I'll be a little disappointed, but that's all right. Yeah, it should be a good one. should be a good one. We'll definitely be tuned in on Friday. But, Chris, I just want to talk a little bit more about the scheduling mishaps that we've had so far. So we already know that DePaul is not looking like it's going to happen. There are lots of little whispers and rumors here and there about Villanova trying to fill in that early week time slot with another game, which wouldn't be too surprised. I did hear St. John's being thrown in there, but now St. John's is playing Georgetown on Sunday, so that's very unlikely. There's kind of like a wish list of Villanova fans for who they want to see, whether that's Big Five, whether that's Rutgers or another fairly local team that you can minimize travel so when that comes Chris we're going to keep an eye out for that but so far nothing nothing yet yeah I'm surprised they haven't like filled it immediately because I know at least not, not that I know but I believe that one of the big five teams is going to be out of their COVID shutdown by the time early next week rolls around so i Leaning towards one of those teams, whichever one comes out of the shutdown first to be that filling game. But, I mean, Rutgers is intriguing. Rutgers is kind of good. So, that would be fun. Haven't played them in a while. Yeah, not not since they left the Big East, right? Or I shouldn't say since they left, but since the old Big East imploded. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think they've met up since. So, and as long as it's not at Rutgers – that's fine. Maybe this is the time where we get the LaSalle game in. I know LaSalle's playing on Saturday and Wednesday, but, you know, if they're feeling a little bold or they're trying to hit that 13-game mark, maybe we could squeeze something in with Ashley Howard on Monday. Oh, that would be cool. That would also be good. But, like, the thing is, like, you're going to have to – like, even with, like, the scheduling with, like, LaSalle, like, you're going to have to play, like, games, like, back-to-back. Like, I know you teams don't want to do that and it wears on you, but, like, you got to have to. If you want to get these games in, you got you got to do it. I mean, just look at baseball. Look at what they did. They had to like play like 15 double headers a week just to get the season in. And like, and the thing is with, with baseball and basketball, you can do that. Like it's a sport that where you can play multiple times in a row and yes, you're going to get tired and yes, the players won't be extremely happy about it, but at least you, you get it done. But like, you know, sports like football and all, like you need a whole week to prepare and a whole week to rest up and whatever. And like, that's obviously really much. It's a lot harder to fit in. Yeah, did you see how the Big Ten is changing its football requirement? First it was like, oh, you need seven games to be postseason eligible. Now for Ohio State, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll cut it down a little bit to six just for you. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it was uh, it's pretty funny how this all kind of ties in together. But, yeah, I, but with football it's different. At least with college football it's different because the, a conference has a lot to gain by sending a team – to the college football playoff 
And obviously, if Ohio State were to make the college football playoff, they would probably have to play in the Big Ten game and probably have to win it. So to, you know, to modify your rules for the team that you're probably going to be sending over makes sense because all, all those programs stand to gain something like significant revenue and revenue money and a bunch of other stuff, exposure and whatever. So that, I get that for football. But like if, you know, we're doing that for basketball teams, I don't know about that, Eugene. It's a little different. <laughs> It's a little well, different. Yeah, just because, you know, football, you play once a week. And then if you were to lose a game, that's what, like one-eighth of your season? Yeah. One yeah, especially. Or, yeah. Yeah, at least before COVID, it w- yeah, it would have been like one-tenth. Now it's like one-eighth. And Ohio State's already had two games canceled before. And one of them was their fault. And by fault, I mean they were infected with COVID. And the other one wasn't. So, so and then this one, this past one against Mich- Michigan, which just got canceled, was, you know, Michigan got infected. So two out of the three games that they lost – we're not because of them. So it's just unfortunate timing on their part. Yeah. And that's the thing we talked about it when remember how there was kind of like a little of a hot topic debate. Did Villanova need to pick up that Virginia tech game? And as we mentioned, you know, COVID times, not much is guaranteed. You could be shut down tomorrow. You could right. go down for two weeks and then before you know it, you're back and then you get go down for another two weeks. So I can see why Jay is, you know, really racing or really trying to get to that 13 game mark. I can see why everyone else is trying to. But do you agree with Coach K, who's all of a sudden like, oh, I don't know if we should be playing now. Yeah, saw that floating around. Yeah, after the down loss they took (laughs) to Illinois. Coach K going on there saying, oh, I don't don't know if we should be playing these games now. I don't know if it's safe. Right. (sighs) It's funny because I don't think he was saying that before the season. He, no, he he has been quoted saying, we need to have the NCAA tournament, college basketball, college sports can't survive without it. We need to play. Right. Now, look, I get where – I get it in a vacuum. His statement makes perfect sense. Like, I get it. Like, I fully understand. And po- and honestly, like, at last year when it was first hitting, I was like, cancel everything, shut everything down. And then when, you know, baseball and basketball and hockey were trying to restart, I'm like, guys, why are we even trying this? And then when baseball was infected, when the Marlins were infected and Carlos were infected, I'm like, come on, just shut it down. So I get it. However, when you say it, like, right after a loss. <laughs> and your team home, hasn't been shut down yet at all. It's not like you've been affected right. by this directly. <laughs> it's, it comes off a little bit of sour grapes. So – I mean, like, the timing of it could have been better. Like, if he said this before the season and he's like, why are we even playing? Like, all right. Like, I think that would probably garner a little bit more attention. He'd be like, oh, okay, let's listen to what he has to say. But the fact that he said this after getting beaten down by Illinois in their own place was a a little like, all right, we we could have done this a little bit better. But but in in a vacuum, I I do would agree and I don't agree. It's like, you know, I I, want to see – these people, I want to see these games happen. I want to see Villanova play basketball, but I understand that the, the health risks that are significantly behind it. But if, you know, it, it does seem to be getting out of control. Like you go on ESPN now and you look at potential games for, uh, for Wednesday night and Thursday night, they were oh, like half of them already said canceled. And one of them's Virginia. So now we we might not even have that game. Yeah. So like, yeah. That's it, a, that's another COVID related schedule change that may or may not happen. Right. So if, if this stuff is going to happen like this frequently and it obviously it's going to stay this way, then, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would maybe, you know, be like, shut it down and like kind of get everything under control and let's, let's figure it out. But 
you know, it, it, it doesn't seem like everyone's on board with that. And, you know, we, we know what's at stake for the schools too. And, but I honestly, I would obviously put the player's health and the coach's health over that, but that's, that's the world we live in. Yeah. I would say if anything, you know, before coach K wants to shut it down or whatever the deal might be, this might be more of an incentive to go into the bubble model, which we have seen has worked, especially at the pro level, which I, I'll be a fan of. I know that the NCAA would have to finally come out of the closet and say, all right, the whole student athlete thing was just a label to excuse like amateurism, blah, blah, blah. And I get why they're kind of apprehensive about that. I could, or why they want to just hold that for the NCAA tournament. That, that makes sense to me. But uh, at the same time, Coach K, come on. I didn't get to look at or listen to the full press conference, so he should have known by now, though. He's got to be media savvy enough that he's going to say this. Everyone's going to take it and run with it, especially after a big loss like that. Like, the timing wasn't, wasn't great. I don't know what the question was exactly that sparked it, but it just wasn't, wasn't a good look. Wasn't a good look at all. No, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. The optics of it were were bad, but like, like I said, I get where he's coming from. One quote that I did like from him is that he's not sure who leads college basketball and tend to agree. <laughs> like there has not been like any place, like any plan in place, like overall, like, look, and I understand a lot of this was up to the, uh, this was all up to the conferences and how they were going to deal with it and whatnot. But like when it came to interconference matchups, like shouldn't the NCAA step in and should be like, Oh yeah, we'll, you know, we'll do this, this, and that, or we'll have this amount of games in a bubble. Like, that would have been great. Like, if, like, what if the NCAA was just like, oh, yeah, let's have, like, these 10 teams in a bubble, and we'll just do that, or five teams, whatever number you want. And then you just play each other. You get your, you get your non-con games in, and there you go. Move on. That's logical, Chris, but that's not exactly uh, the NCAA's favorite line right there. I understand. Therefore, you're getting the games in, and you're keeping everyone's health risk down. Yeah, I mean, we already saw what happened with the Gonzaga. They just kind of, they're like, oh, yeah, we let these guys play with a positive test. Oh, sure. oh no, that, no big deal. That happened? I just saw they shut down. They actually played with positive tests. They, yeah, they played They played their, uh, I forgot the name of the exact tournament. But, yeah, they played their Feast Week tournament with a positive test. They won. Wow. I mean, they yeah. basically shut down later, but it was like the NCAA didn't do anything about it. That's, gee, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like yeah. if there's, any, but don't worry though. Like they'll vacate like some wins because uh, someone ate a sandwich that was bought by one of their best friends at a school, but <laughs> at school. But you know, playing with you know a virus that can transmit easily and potentially harms people long term. No, that's that's okay. We won't do anything about that. If we're at March and Duke only has twelve games, does the NCAA change the rule for Coach K and Duke? <laughs> See, as I just said, I'm okay with the, them doing it for Ohio State. Like I said, basketball is different. <laughs> they they should not. They better not. You're, you already know Duke, Duke is getting the number one seed plus the, the rule bending for them. They'll get a bye. <laughs> They'll just be like, oh, you know, you guys didn't play enough games. Oh, that means you actually won the bye lottery. And uh, anyone who played 12 games exactly gets a first round bye. So you guys are good. Oh, you guys had to shut down for two weeks? It's okay. We'll just hold your spot in the tournament. <laughs> yeah. and then, but, don't, but then there's the eye test, Eugene. Remember, they're going to do that. That's how they're going to pick the field. So Yeah. Yeah, can't forget that. So they'll just have Duke play an exhibition against each other. They'll show the tape to the committee, 
Big ah, this looks great. They're in. That's so. But about that Virginia game, and I know that nothing has been officially made because this news just recently came out. It came out late Tuesday night that the Virginia-Michigan State game got canceled. And then you look into the details, and it's because of a positive test in Virginia's program. So you factor in NCAA rule. You got to sit out for 14 days. Not looking too good. Not looking too good. I mean, that window is right there. That It overlaps right over that December 19 game or that December 19 date for Villanova, Virginia at Madison Square Garden. Might have to postpone it. Yeah, that would suck. You obviously – you already had the two big big five games removed. You got the Paul removed. You got Baylor removed. So, if you're losing this, I mean, not only does it just suck because it would have been a great game and because, you know, your non-con schedule, strength of schedule would look great, but also, like, now you're, you're – up against the wall now, and you're going to be fighting for the 13. It's just so annoying because, obviously, the Big East hasn't finalized the rest of the schedule yet, so it's like, I can see why they want to race to the the game so early, just because everything's so uncertain. But, uh, at the same time, I know the Big East said that they were going to release the rest of their schedule this week. I don't think it's going to happen now. I mean, you look at no. DePaul got shut down, UConn got yeah. shut down. I just don't see how they, they – they're probably still going to piecemeal it or release it in, like, DLC, you know? <laughs> Little parts uh, here and there. Oh, God. That would not be good. But, yeah, I don't see that happening either. So, I don't know. With UVA shut down now, like, damn. Like, does it even get rescheduled at all? No, like, that's the other thing, too. Like, I don't know what – Virginia's schedule looks like. I mean, obviously, Villanova is still TBD, but the Big East has already kind of put it out there and said, look, our dates are final. We're not going to massage the schedule just so it fits what you want because I know Villanova was supposed to play LaSalle. That that game was set in stone. But then when the Big East released its schedule, they said, no, you're not playing LaSalle. You're playing our Big East games. Figure it out on your own. And I know Villanova is still trying to reschedule LaSalle. I don't know when or if that will still happen. But with that, it looks like Villanova can't really commit to a date until the Big East releases the rest of the schedule, which is a bummer. Just looking at Virginia's schedule right now, the ACC has gone, you know, unlike the Big East, they did go ahead and release the rest of their schedule. So they're set, you know, through March. But Villanova, Virginia, we got some gaps here to work with. Between December 19, which is the scheduled Villanova date, Virginia doesn't play a game until December 30. And then... Nova, obviously, their last game scheduled that we know of is that Marquette game that you referred to, December 23rd. Maybe you play December 27th. Maybe you play a little later that week. You know, there's right. there's time to work with. There's time to work right. with here. So far, nothing official has come out from either athletic department regarding on how that December 19 game will be affected or if it will be at all. But according to the 14-day window, not looking too hot. Not looking too hot. I really want that game to happen, though. That's what Badly. I assuming that everyone, you know, will be happy with it and we don't interfere with anyone's Christmas plans. Yeah. I mean, to your point though, I don't know if, if athletes are allowed to go home. That's a, that's a good question. I don't know what you do. Yeah. Just, just looking at the roster right now. I mean, you have guys from the DMV area, you have guys from the Northeast, Jerry's from Kansas. He's got to probably go the furthest out of everybody, but yeah, you know, just guys from all different parts of the country. We'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. 
But right now, it's, you know, toys time, and I guess we do have to take it, like Jay said, one day at a time. One day at a time, one game at a time, one practice at a time, attitude, road attitude. Before we get to the questions, I just kind of want to take it onto a little more fun note, you know, rather than talking about COVID, rescheduling, Coach K, Duke, all that stuff. I want to talk about Jay Wright, GQJ. Chris, now, this to me is is a little newsworthy and I'm glad that this was covered and that this was profiled, documented in a recent Philadelphia Inquirer article. See many of these before, you know, talk about Jay, nothing new. This one's about Jay Wright and how he dresses up. Also, still nothing new. Expect an episode, you know, you're expecting an article about suits, him looking fresh, tailor, custom like the top dress of the nines, the best of the best. Surprisingly, in this article, Jay Wright says he actually doesn't really like wearing suits. He said, quote, the only reason I wear a suit, I think a lot of us, just out of respect for the game and out of respect for the great coaches like Nat Holman and Frank McGuire and everyone who started this and dressed that way. But this is how we really should dress. It's sports. We're in a game. And this is in reference to the recent dress-down style you've seen on TV just because of these COVID times. We talked about this a little bit before going into the season. No crowd. Will he dress down? Will he still bring out the suits? What's it going to be? We've seen how he appears at games. Still looks good. But the three-piece suits are definitely missing. Are you shocked to see that GQJ <laughs> – <laughs> it does not actually like putting on the suits and actually put it a little bit further. He also added that he thinks that this is how it should be going into the future. And that quote, I've long contended. This is how we should dress for games. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I, I was shocked reading this. I was like, this is the most groundbreaking article I've read in the last five months. <laughs> I am. COVID. I, this is like shocking to me. <laughs> this is, this is newsworthy. You know, I I am shocked because I, I'm surprised that he wants to go with it going forward. Uh, yeah, that I, was I, a little, that was definitely surprising. I think that's probably the one part that gets me. I for this year, I obviously get it. Like like we even like you mentioned, we talked about it earlier that you know less people, no less or no people in attendance. I think it's pretty much agreed upon. You can do whatever you want, but you know I I think I, I get it too because. Because I think the whole suits thing, you know, as nice as they are, as well dressed as he is, I don't know. It's, I kind of feel like it's it's become so such a not boring, but such a drawn out narrative with him, and just a drawn out thing in general. It's kind of like asking like your favorite artist at like, like a concert just to, like to play like his top song or his or her top song over and over and over and over again. And it's like, yeah, that's probably the best that they got. But at the same time, it's like. They probably are bored of it. They're probably sick of it. They want to stop doing it, and they want to move on to bigger and better things. And in that regard, I, I kind of get it. I can get it just because, you know, COVID times, we've been dressing down all the time, especially for Zoom. Like I like I say to people off the mic, my favorite Zoom outfit is polo on top, basketball shorts on the bottom, or polo, shirt and tie, boxers, or something very casual on the bottom that does not match what I'm wearing on top, but it doesn't matter because you don't get to see it. I get why everybody's dressed down. Like I wouldn't expect Jay to pull out his best stuff. If you don't really have a crowd to catch you, 
at the same time, this is a guy that I just talked about. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen his legs. Like, a couple, <laughs> like, a week ago. Like, I, I can't imagine him being too casual. Like, I can see him in a sweatsuit, this and that, but, like, shorts? I don't know. No, I don't think he'll ever break out shorts. He'll, he'll definitely do the polo and the khakis type move. He does or, still look good. It's not that he doesn't look yeah. good. It's just the fact that he doesn't like wearing suits. That's like if you ask Superman, oh, I don't like wearing this red cape or this S on my chest. Like, that's a little weird. Or Batman in his cape and his mask. Like, I wouldn't – like, what? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I, I could see that. You think he loses his coaching powers if he has a suit off, kind of like Samson with the hair? So far, so good. Everything so, so far, far so is still good. So I, I would say no. I would say no. Right. I'm saying, though, if uh, later in the year and we're uh, this team struggling, uh, we might demand uh, for Jay Wright to wear uh, some more suits. Oh, I, uh, that's good. You know, that's a good experiment. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. Also, I want to bring up one more thing. I also found it interesting that he kind of said that the reason why he's wearing them is to, like, honor the coaches that came before him and the, the tradition of the game and all, which is funny because – Baseball, when it was first around, they wore suits and all, but now they've moved on to the uh, uniforms as whatever your viewpoint on that is, is what it is. I think it's hilarious sometimes. <laughs> it, 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 is, it is a little goofy. I can't lie. It, it, it is. Some of the newer age managers are kind of trying to, like, you know, make it a little bit better, a little bit more casual. But, you know, like when you see a guy, older guy run out in baseball pants to argue a ball or strike, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but so you got that. And then, like, football, like, like, Probably, like, you think of all the old-time coaches like Vince Lombardi, George Hallis. Those guys were in suits. Now these guys are in – they're dressed like gym teachers. Yep. So so they've completely moved on from that. Uh, hockey, they're all in suits, but they'll never do that because as much as I love that sport, they're pinned up to the nines. They'll never break away from tradition. And basketball and NBA, well, I think they're, they're in suits for the most part, right? Look, yeah. look, more casual, but suits, well, but they're not like – Suits, suits, but ever since this whole COVID stuff happened, they've definitely been a little more ca- like business casual. Right, right. So, so, yeah, it seems like all sports kind of evolved at some point. So, maybe uh, college basketball slash the NBA is the next uh, next one up. I don't know, Chris. It's not gonna it's not gonna look right if this continues on. I mean, you know, it's Jay Wright. He can do what he wants of his body, but I'm just sitting there like GQJ without the suit. It's like yeah. It's like it's like Look, Batman without the cape and the mask, or the Batmobile. Like, what is that? What is he then? He's just a I man. He's not Batman. He's just a man. Then he's, then he's just Jay Wright. <laughs> he's and just Jay Wright. But that's okay, Eugene. That's okay. It's okay no. as long as you know they keep winning. Which so far they've been doing a pretty good job. I know the, the Virginia Tech was a little bit of slip up, but long right. since forgiven with that Texas win. For sure. And you know, if everyone else is dressing down, it's not like you know he's—they're gonna have legs up on him. He'll still look the best in the dress-down suits, I mean, or dress-down attire, I should say. Yeah, it's also you know? still very true. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you know, I don't know, Bill Self's going out there wearing suits, you know, and trying to get a one-up on Jay, or uh, what's his name at Virginia, Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Yeah, and he's the—you know—if everyone else is going dressed down, do you think he's gonna stick with the suits? I don't know. Probably not. So it's, it, it all evens out. The, the playing field will still be leveled out. It is true. Do you think that they keep the casual-esque or business casual style moving forward? No, nah, I think they go back to their old ways. But for this year, I do not see them wearing suits at all. Maybe just for the NCAA tournament. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But even then, even then, I don't know. They'll watch it be in like a bubble. Once, if it's in a bubble, I don't think they're going to be dry. I don't think he's worn a suit at all this year. No. 
No, no, he definitely hasn't. No, no, he does. He hasn't. No, he's had the Villanova polo with blue pants, I believe, or some form of jumpsuit. We'll see. We'll see. We'll be keeping an eye on that. We're, we're going to see. We're going to see how this goes, how Jay Wright's wardrobe continues to evolve. I will say that the stuff, the white belt, I like. They look good. Look good. Yeah, always a fan of the white belt. If you if you got the if you got the swag for it, I guess you, people can pull it off, and he, he can definitely can. I definitely can. Definitely. Can. You know, I I can't either. No. That's why we're guys on the radio, Chris. That's why we're guys <laughs> behind the microphone. No cameras. No cameras. Yeah. No no mm-hmm. video stream. <laughs> you do not want my face anyway. <laughs> we are not doing a live stream just for that. Anyways, Chris, I think it's that time where we stop what we're doing, pop open the mailbag, and answer the questions that the listeners have out there for us. As always, you can tweet us at SONNPod. Ask us anything. Chris, we had a very, very loaded mailbag the last couple of weeks. Today, Thursday, they took it a little easy on us. We only have a set of questions. This one is from Jerry Quinn. He's got a few here. His first question is, when will we see a competitive Georgetown Hoyas team in the Big East? Ooh, good question. I don't know, man. I, I Oh, as we all know, uh, recruiting, not my thing. So I'll leave that up to you because that's obviously how you're going to get better. So I was going to say it felt like last year was going to be the year and then they just imploded on themselves. So now I feel like they're starting back from near square one or close to square one, which is very unfortunate. Because when they had Akinjo, they had McClung, they had Yurtsevin, and then they had the guys that are leading the team right now, you would have thought, oh, man, last year they're going to be great. And then this year, you're older, wiser, you have basically everyone back. They were going to be even stronger. They would have had some solid incoming talent going in. That's not happening anymore. So now I, I think they just set themselves back, and I think it's kind of like a near restart. The team is definitely better than it was when – Ewing inherited it, but only by a little bit. Yeah, man. Life comes at you fast. A couple of years, a year or two ago, like you said, you have upper Big East uh, aspirations, and now you're voted worse than DePaul. Yeah, it's, that's uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's very sad. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, we all know we hate them, but it, it is nice to have both teams good because, obviously, the rivalry is better. Because Yeah, looking at next year, they – they do have a an okay recruiting class led by Ryan Matumbo, who four-star big man. And then they have a, a few combo guards and a solid forward. We're going to see how those guys go, but it looks like it's kind of going to be a little bit of a, a rebuild or fixing that pipeline ever since Terrence Williams decommitted after that whole uh, locker room shenanigans and scenario went down last year. But is, it's that a, is that the Kempe son? I want to say, yeah, I'm not sure if it was like his son or his nephew or something like that, but yeah, no, they were they were definitely related. It's a family line thing. Yeah, and Georgetown seems to be good at getting uh, some legacy players. I mean, Patrick yeah, Patrick Ewing Jr. Um, there's they, definitely another one in there. Yeah, no, they recently had. Uh, oh man, whose son? Who's morning? Like was it Alonzo yeah, 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 Morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trey Morning. Yeah, Trey Morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. Alonzo's son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wasn't as good. Well, not no. with Patrick Ewing Jr., but you get, you get the point. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Next question from Jared Quinn is, any insight on scheduling post-New Year's Eve? Unfortunately, the Big East said that – or there were rumors that the Big East was going to release the schedule this week or last week. And 
so far, nothing. And Chris, we touched upon this a little bit earlier, but with all these reschedulings and all these shutdowns taking place this week, I don't know if they, they come out with it anytime soon, maybe in like a week or two, but mm-hmm. we're, we're approaching the end of the line here. Yeah, we are. I wonder if everyone, they just leave it up to everyone and just like, yeah, yeah, make it like old school and just have them schedule the games by themselves. <laughs> it's, it's getting, it's getting to that point now. Like I, Obviously, that's not going to happen, but, I mean, you would hope, hope everyone kind of figures it out. Maybe Big East is just waiting for all these teams to kind of figure out their COVID situations. Now, obviously, like, once the Paul's back and UConn's back, obviously one of these other teams can go out and get it, and that would be awful. But maybe that's what they're waiting for. I don't know. Yeah, I know a couple of weeks ago when the Big East mentioned that they were going to release or drop more scheduling info, it sounded like that they were aiming to finish it off release the rest of the regular season schedule now i'm not so sure if they do that. maybe they still do it in pieces you know you do january february and then end of february march and then we'll see what happens but i don't know how they handle it now i guess we're just gonna have to wait and see but i would expect something to come real soon because uh, just from a villanova standpoint after that december 23 game against marquette pretty free that's it mm-hmm. yeah there's only like two conferences out there right now that like have like a full schedule. So, oh yeah, the, the Big and Twelve the two and conferences you expect. <laughs> yeah, Big Twelve, SEC. Yeah, what's a COVID? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I think the ACC is even in on yeah, the ACC. Schedule. Yeah, yeah, they had their whole they had their whole schedule out, but I think theirs was like pretty recent. Yeah, of course. You already know the SEC was like, oh, I mean, <laughs> Damn, we don't even don't. we don't even need a bubble, honestly. No. <laughs> Last question from Jared Quinn. What is your favorite Christmas movie to watch? I feel like we get this every year as well, and I feel like my answer differs. But I'm going to go with – I don't know if I have a specific favorite, but I like all those older school ones. Like I like like the Charlie Brown Christmas ones, Those the other ones like Rudolph, uh, the Island Misfit Toys and all that stuff, Uh, the Grinch, like the Dr. Seuss ones. So yeah, like all those like, like older like ones. Like the live that... action Grinch or like those? No, 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 oh, okay. no, 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 no. The, the hand-drawn <laughs> Dr. Seuss one. Yeah, that's, a, that's classic, yeah. Yeah, lots yeah. of classics. Yeah, all the all the classic ones, really. I'm sure there's a bunch out there uh, that I'm missing, but along those lines. Oh, for me, it's it's the same. It's the same all the time. It's Home Alone 1. Obviously, got to distinguish one. I watch that every year, more at least three or four times and then on christmas day a christmas story when it's on tv 24 or 24 hours that day that's another great one you're the reason why that movie runs 24 hours isn't it i i feel like i enjoy that movie the more i watch it like in the beginning when i first watch it i was like oh it's, it's okay it's you know it has some moments but then the more i've watched it i'm like this is this is actually brilliant this is a great movie but uh, Home Alone one by like a mile for sure is my is my favorite. You know, I did not watch Home Alone, like any of the movies. But the first one I had not watched at all until this past summer. It was on. <laughs> summer. Tried to watch a, it. Yeah, weird a, time for it, but it was on, and I watched on TV? it. TV. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was wow. on like one of the movie channels, and I watched it. and I was like, oh yeah, a pretty good movie. It's a great movie. Great movie. Like, I guess I guess this is why uh, everyone loved Macaulay Culkin for so long. Yeah, no, yeah, the second one was still pretty good, and I I, I don't even want to know what the third one was like. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I heard it's you know your typical trilogy. First one's really good. Second one, a little bit worse, but you're like okay, and then the third one's awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But except for Lord of the Rings, that one, that's one where it's like all three were great. Right. Oh, well, I never watched those movies. I'm okay, uh, I cannot give an definitive opinion on that. Star Wars original trilogy, all three were great. Uh, yes, yes. I for some reason I thought you said prequels, and I was about to. <laughs> have a yeah, lot, yeah, original trilogy, not 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 prequel trilogy. Yes, yes, and we all know Empire is the best one of those three, and yep. the other the other two trilogies in that series are very debatable. But that's this is a Villanova podcast. We're not a Star Wars. Yeah, no, 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 no. There, there are definitely like diehard fans who can like box us over the trilogy mm-hmm. or Star Wars. So, like, I don't right. even want to get into that. <laughs> oh wait, did you say Die Hard? That's another Christmas movie. It's a great movie too. Right, Christmas movie. Aaron Rodgers said so himself on Pat McAfee show. It is a Christmas movie, therefore, it is now a Christmas movie. I <laughs> now put that in stone. That's another good series. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. You can do so at View Hoops or look us up, State of the Nova Nation. We're good for iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Megaphone, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever your favorite podcast platform is. The SB Nation mothership has it right there. So please subscribe. Five star, five star, five star. Helps us out. Helps keep the SB Nation headquarters hq happy as well please check back at viewhoops.com we're just going to continuously pump out content so check back check often we got the georgetown stuff tomorrow obviously and then right who knows maybe we'll squeeze in another game after the weekend we'll see and also follow view hoops on social media at view hoops that's good for twitter and instagram and like our page on facebook and you can follow me eugene repay at erepay5 I'm Chris Tanzio. I got nothing. Just uh, stay safe, everybody. Nova Nation, have a good weekend. We'll catch you back on Tuesday. Hopefully we can beat some Hoyas and start off Big East play on the right foot. Take care and have a good one.